Some of the most common things that we see, hiding your Target shopping bags. Do not use the credit report check as a gotcha moment. Oh, like, good Lord, no. Yeah. It's okay if you screwed up. It's about being better and growing and moving on now. Are you a six-figure household, but you're struggling to build wealth? Money isn't a problem, yet you don't have a financial strategy. You and your spouse just can't seem to get aligned, and it's holding you back. Welcome to Rad Money, the finance podcast for millennial married couples. We're Rebecca and Dylan. And our goal with this podcast is to help you stop arguing about money so you can start building real wealth. Because the world needs more good, wealthy people. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. Today, we want to know, are you guilty of financial infidelity? If so, how can you create a marriage where you are free of financial infidelity? Yeah, so today's topic is pretty spicy. This is such an interesting topic. I think this is one of the things that people are the most worried about when it comes to combining their finances. When it comes to even, I think, getting married in general, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It has to do with kind of this concern about the person closest to you yes. screwing you yes. financially. And so this is this is a really important topic that, of course, Rad Money style, we're going to tackle it head on because that's what we do. And so we're going to really break into that. But before we do, of course, if you do want to create a marriage that is free of financial infidelity, well, one of the suggestions that we're going to get to later to do that is budget together, manage money together. 100%. You have to do it. And so we're super excited because we've done something absolutely crazy. You guys, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that we have the Cash Flow Freedom Framework online course. It's going to teach you how to master budgeting and get that cash flow freedom. We've had that for a while. And we don't want you to tune out. Do not fast forward right now. No, you don't want to miss this. But we've decided that we actually want to make that completely accessible. You know, a lot of people, they feel weird spending money to learn how to manage money. Well, you know what? That excuse is no more. We have made this to where if you sign up for the Rad Money newsletter, you will get access to that course for free. It's a $97 value and we're just handing it to you, okay? This is an opportunity. Do not miss this because like we said earlier, this is one of the keys to having a marriage free from financial infidelity. Yes, and this code is only gonna last for 48 hours. So you have to act fast. Make sure that you sign up for the newsletter and when you get that code, it will only be live for 48 hours. So make sure that you act fast and sign up for that course and start taking it immediately so that you can actually learn to budget with your spouse or by yourself like a boss. And this is crazy. Like Rebecca said, like we are gonna give you what other coaches charge you to do. Like this budgeting course is what a lot of people do. We're just gonna give it to you for free because we believe that if you're a couple and you wanna improve your marriage, then you'll realize how powerful that course will really be. Yeah, our goal with this really is that if you take this course, you are going to cover the basics and then you can come to me and we can talk about the fun stuff. Exactly. I don't have to teach you yes. how to budget. I don't have to teach you in the cash flow. Learn at least the basics. Come to me with questions. Come to me with all those other things and we get to go even faster. So it's our goal with you is for you to get yourself to this one level and then we're going to take you to the next. Yeah. And I just want to drop one last thing before we move on is just share a Google review that we got about this course recently. And this person said that she was amazed by how much value there was for $97. She said that she had paid for more expensive courses and gotten less value in the past. And she was blown away by how much was in this course. And that was at the $97. And yeah. we're saying, but you know what? We're going to give it to you. Yeah. So don't miss out on this opportunity. Huge opportunity. Hit the link in our show notes to subscribe to the newsletter, get the course, get going. And with that, let's get to today's topic. 
a financial infidelity. Yes. Like you said, Rebecca, let's get into today's topic. But before we really start digging deep into some specifics, let's define financial infidelity. You scour the internet, you're going to find a lot of different definitions. I think honestly, a lot of them are still in some kind of, if not negative money mindset, then they're in a negative marriage mindset, a negative relationship mindset. But my definition of that as a married woman and as a financial coach for married couples, my definition is secretly using money in a way that you know would upset your spouse. Yeah, I think that's a great way to sum it up. We're using money secretly. We're hiding our actions with money. And we know deep down, we know that if our spouse found out about it, it would make them very upset. Yeah. And what I really like to say is that when it comes to financial infidelity, it really can come down to heart position of the person when they take the action. So if they know, like you're saying, that it's something that they would need to keep from their spouse because they know Mm -hmm. that they'll quote unquote get in trouble or that it's the quote wrong thing to do, then that is financial infidelity. You are consciously making a decision to do something that you know is against an agreement that maybe you have with your spouse or um, maybe even an unspoken thing. But you just you know that you're acting maybe very selfishly here. It really comes down to, I think, heart position. We all know the difference between right and wrong. I do believe down at our core, most of us understand the difference between right and wrong. And this is you choosing to, to really do the wrong thing here. I think this is a great place to put a disclaimer on this episode as well, is that if you are experiencing some extreme financial infidelity in your relationship, that this podcast will not be a replacement for working with a marriage counselor or uh, a marriage therapist. Well, even our even our program is not a replacement for marriage therapy or yeah. marriage counseling. It works in great partnership sure. with it. Yeah. And we, we can absolutely help you handle the financial side of it with some marriage stuff in there. But when it comes to like the deeper stuff, you're going to need to want to talk to a marriage therapist or a counselor. Or heck, you might even need a lawyer. I mean, let's just be honest. Like there are terrible things that people can absolutely do. We're not trying to sugarcoat any of this. No. That's just not our style, obviously. But... The fact of it is we're here to educate you about this and really to honestly point out ways that you're probably doing this that you don't even realize. Right. But yeah, if you are in these extreme situations, this might help you shine a light on that and realize what's going on so -hmm. that you can pursue the right help. If that is you and you want to talk to us about it, absolutely send us a message and we can help you try to figure out who the right professional is for you to talk to. Maybe it's us. Maybe it's not. But There are definitely some extreme situations for financial infidelity. Unfortunately, I think that is what just most people think about, though. Yeah, definitely. I think when you you think of financial infidelity, the first thing that comes to mind for me is like gambling and huge purchases. Like we think of the extreme examples first. Second lives. Right. Second. Did you say second wives or lives or both? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, I think those are the things that we... We, you know, because they are spicy, right? Yeah. That we, those are the stories that we can tend to hear a lot of times. People having just second lives, second wives, making really big purchases without their spouse's consent. Gambling mm-hmm. is a huge one. Hiring sex workers, pornography, big one. Well, I think what, what gets layered in on these things in particular is not just the financial side. It's like, it's, it's now an emotional, relational problem as well. Heart position. Yeah. Is a big part of it. Totally. Yes. Um, I'm laughing though to myself oddly because a while back our friend uh, Todd, who's an insurance agent down in Chattanooga, and he sent us an SNL skit. You know what? I'm gonna put the link in the show notes. It's so funny. 
It's an SNL skit. We're on, we're on Christmas. The guy goes and buys a car, right? And this is totally what my mind has always gone through when I see those commercials where they're like, oh, surprise, honey, I bought you a, a luxury vehicle. But this SNL skit is the reality check all of a sudden. And the wife is like, you just got laid off six months ago. Like, you still don't have an income. Like, how did you, why would you do this? It was so real. It was, it, but they were, you know, they're poking fun of it. But the reason it, it's funny, the reason it hits is because that is the real side of those commercials that are just ridiculous. Right. Why would you make a $50,000 decision without, without your input? spouse? That's financial infidelity. Yeah. That's wild. Because that, I like, even if it does benefit the household in one way, it also is a huge decision in your cash flow. Yep. In another way. Yeah. It, it is a huge choice that affects the, the family cash flow. It is a giant liability. If you're making these decisions without your spouse's input, when like we talk about all the time, or they're more of a saver, or they, maybe they have financial anxiety, you could just be damaging your relationship so much and really hurting your partner and your financial situation so much in one fell swoop. Even if you have the money to do it, you could still be hurting your partner. And so I think that's what people just don't realize is that these things, even when they're portrayed as grand gestures of being really kind, it could actually still hurt your your marriage. Right, yeah, especially if that's just not what they want. You never even asked. Yeah, so I think communication is just is obviously a huge part of that. But there are just so many reasons why financial infidelity is something that we really need to look at, I think even as a culture. I agree with that. We should look into it more because what we think of as financial infidelity are these really giant things. But then there's these more common ways of creating financial infidelity in our relationship that just really hurt us. And they could be even small things like seemingly insignificant stuff. Some of these examples that we're about to give like, are, are still very big offenses, but there are some that can seem minor and no big deal in the moment. But really, it is a death of a thousand cuts. Every little decision over the course of a year, over the course of an entire relationship, becomes huge. And so that's where, like, even if it seems small in the moment, if you continue to do this, it's worse and gets worse and worse over time. Well, I think it's also like we talk about a lot in relationships, your intent doesn't matter as much as how someone perceives it. And so to you, it might not seem like a big deal to hide your target purchases. But to your spouse, that might really break down trust over time and make them feel as though they can't trust you with the money. So it, it is a matter of how your, your spouse actually perceives it is a really big, important piece. Because how you think, how important you think it is when it comes to relationship doesn't really matter no. as much as where your spouse is at. Yeah, this is where we always come back to this idea of you need to understand your spouse because, like Rebecca said, your intent doesn't matter if it's perceived in a different way than you intended. Yeah, and it also comes down to respecting your yeah. spouse. And again, is as far as your intent or you think you know more, quote unquote, so you can do this because you you know the finances better or something like that. It comes down to disrespect, and everybody knows that that's going to hurt a relationship. Yeah. So let's just be let's just be really transparent there. So some of the most common things that we see, I mean, I already hit one, hiding your target shopping bags. Yeah. Or, you know, just putting it everything away before your spouse gets home. The same thing in a different way, though, is like taking the Amazon packages off the porch and unpacking it all and getting it like the trash away before your spouse gets home, like making sure that they don't see that you made the purchase. That's a small cut. Yeah. And so we're throwing out Target and Amazon because those are just really, really common. 
But essentially what we're getting at here is hidden purchases. Yes. If you're hiding purchases of any kind, that's just not being truthful. It's not being honest. Obviously, you're, you're hiding something from your spouse. That's not good. That's a seed of unfaithfulness. So we want to be able to... So we're just calling that out. If you're pulling out cash so that you can complete transactions so that your spouse doesn't know about it, uh, red flag, big red flag. Yes. Yeah, and that's another form. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so we've got hidden purchases. Pulling out cash to make purchases that like... Wait, what's the word I'm looking for? Incognito. To make incognito purchases. Yes. The other one, speaking of things of that nature, is having secret accounts. You know, a, a, a bank account, a checking account, a savings account, where you are putting money and your spouse has no idea this thing exists. Yeah. And it's not a matter of you having it. It's a matter that it's a secret. Exactly. Again, it all comes back to hiding things, doing things in secret that you're just trying to keep your spouse from even knowing about. Right. Kind of in the, in the same vein here is that you are just stashing cash and hiding physical cash from your spouse as well. So a lot of people think of this as their run money. We do plan on doing an episode about financial abuse and why, you know, people need that. I mean, that's a legitimate thing. You need need the, the run money. Need not run the, money. Yeah. There are cases where you are a, a victim of financial abuse and it's a big topic. That's a big can of worms. But if you're in a healthy, happy relationship, having run money is... That's so great. Right. Because it's your foot's already out the door. Like if you have run money and everything's going fine, then my point of view is you're looking for the thing to go wrong instead of looking for the things that are going well. Again, it's just heart position. Yeah. And, and a lot of that can have to do with just the stories you're told growing up. It can have to do with all sorts of mindset things. Mm -hmm. But it can be a form of financial infidelity if you're otherwise in a really healthy relationship and you're hiding this money waiting for somebody to screw up. You know, that just, that's hurtful. Yeah. And the last form of financial infidelity that we want to bring up, and so many people don't think this is a big deal, yeah. but it really, it really is important to bring up and to acknowledge that this does hurt the relationship, especially over time, is not sticking to the agreed upon budget. Yeah. Not keeping your word, essentially, and going and doing something else. Saying one thing, doing another. Exactly. Uh, it's, a great way to break down trust. How to start a money fight in under a minute. Yeah. Say one thing and do another. It is uh, absolutely financial infidelity to say that you're going to do one thing, to build a plan together, and then to not stick to the budget, to consistently overspend, to consistently do the opposite of what you say you will, is being unfaithful. And I think, and it is incredibly common. It, and so I think that people need more conviction and more accountability. Right. To say, hey, actually, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. And that is causing some trust issues. That is causing me to feel like I need that run money because I don't feel like I can trust you with the money. I mean, it's just it's crazy how one thing can set off this whole domino effect in your relationship. But people don't realize it. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to go off too much on this tangent here. But I heard someone once say, like, if you aren't willing to bring up the small stuff, how do you think you'll bring up the big stuff? So if something is, if a small thing comes up, it's better to bring up the small thing because it's not a big deal. So it, you shouldn't feel bad about bringing it up. We were talking about conflict. And yeah. I'm very high on, like, the disagreeable kind of side of things. Uh -huh. And willing to and want to handle conflict head on because we can foresee that if we don't, it could become an even bigger thing. So as soon as something happens, we want to discuss it right there, right now, so that it just doesn't become something really hurtful yeah. and something something that's just way worse. 
And that's been something that I think that you've had to get used to in our marriage. But I, I actually really appreciate it now. There's nothing that lasts more than a couple hours in our relationship because it, it just gets squashed down so quickly because you bring it up and I've learned to address stuff a lot better too now. It's just like, hey, this, let's yeah. talk about it. And so it really does help. And I think that's just something to bring up. You may not think it's a big deal, but that's still worth bringing up because it's not a big deal yet. Yeah. Exactly. And it's how I think we like we've never had a big fight. Yeah. Never. Because we have the small disagreement. Right. Lots of small disagreements equals no big fight. Yeah. I mean, I think that is a, a, yeah. a big marriage thing that people need to know. It is how to avoid the big fights. Yeah. Well, and I think this is, this is a great place to kind of go to. One of the points that we really did want to make is talking about what's the difference between keeping a secret and straight up lying. Yeah, I think people do view these differently. A lot of this stuff does have to do with where is your moral compass at? Mm -hmm. um, and that's very clear. I mean, we obviously have a pretty solid line in the sand for what we think believe is, is good and right and what we believe is, is wrong. But in the sense of secrets versus lies, you are lying by omission by keeping a secret. Yeah. That's my personal belief. Well, and I... The, we were talking about this, and I really think that the end result is exactly the same. Ooh, okay. If you ask me a question, I lie to you. I'm hiding something from you, right? The end result is the same if, if you never asked me the question, I never gave you the answer. There's still something that's I'm preventing you from knowing about that could cause a problem in our relationship. So if I didn't tell you that I had a gambling addiction and you found out about it later, that would cause a lot of problems. If I lied to you about the gambling problem, it would still cause the same amount of problems in the relationship. I disagree. I disagree. You would be upset about the lie, but it would still blow up in my face by omitting it. It, it would, but it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Well, be then... It'd be completely different. Okay. Lying to my face is a different thing, but lying by omission is still not being truthful. Yeah. Because so that that's I think what really what we're saying here. You're right. It's, you're right. It's not. It's not about outcomes. It's really just that lying by omission is still being untruthful. And that's what it comes down to is being untruthful, being unfaithful. Yeah. That is the difference. So a secret's lying by omission. And then a lie is straight up telling someone something that's untrue. Mm -hmm. So just completely fabricating facts for the purpose of, of hiding something. Right. And I guess like, okay, we have just proved that lying is makes a secret worse, but- the secret is bad in and of itself. By keeping a secret, that's not that's not going to help your relationship. At some point, they will find out and it will blow up in your face. Yeah. And honestly, I feel bad for the person trying to hide a secret. I feel like that is probably a really heavy burden. Oh, yeah. Well, because again, you know that you're doing something that's going to cause a problem. So by actually sitting there and holding that in, like that eats you that eats you up from the inside. Yeah, and that's got to be, it's actually got to be really hard. And so I think you can kind of view the being honest and transparent as an opportunity to unburden yourself. Not to say that this should be something that you do for selfish reasons, but that is, I think, a benefit that a lot of people don't necessarily realize. They focus on, oh, it would be total wreckage and it would be terrible. It's like, but then you get to live honestly. And right. you get to actually overcome whatever thing that you're going through. So if you're listening to this and you realize, oh, I'm, I am guilty. I am guilty of financial infidelity. I have done one thing, two things, all the things that you're talking, you know, whatever, wherever you are at. Um, I want you to know that it's very brave to be honest. Yes. And it's not something that just anybody can do. 
And but if you can be brave enough to do it anyways, to do it scared and to say, I want to live a life of honesty and I want to overcome this in my marriage. I want to have a better life with my spouse that I applaud you and you absolutely I encourage you to do it because it's already having an impact on your relationship, whether you realize it or not. Yes. So be honest with your spouse. Um, we talk about vulnerability a lot on this podcast. It's so critical, but it is hard. It does require you to be brave. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think if you're you're the person who gets told these things, think about it this way. Like, would you rather be in a relationship with someone who says, I messed up severely and I want to change my ways versus you found out because they were lying to you and they're trying to hide it from you. Like that's, think about the person who decided to tell you the truth. Now, let's put aside the people who are doing it as manipulation. Let's just be, this is our true, honest, I've messed up. I hope you can forgive me. I'm willing to do the actions to fix that. Think about that type of person. Oh, no one's perfect, but putting that aside, that's the type of person who's ready to grow and move forward and build something with you. And that's awesome. It's it, like, it, it won't be easy. This work starts right then and there. It's going to be a lot of work. It's not going to be easy. But getting through that, and we'll talk about this, is that opportunity to build a stronger relationship in the future. Yeah. If you're the spouse of someone who has been financially unfaithful, I want to steer you towards the episode of how to talk about money without it being a fight. And listen to that and really pay attention to what it takes to create space that's open and honest and not judgmental and really listen to that episode and take it to heart because that's really going to be what it takes is for you to not judge your spouse for the the things that they're choosing to be honest about if they're in that heart position that they want to be better now they want to grow from here if you want to be successful you have to meet that with grace yes and you have to respect them for being brave even though it hurts, it hurts, okay? I mean, just being honest, it hurts. But you judging them and holding it against them doesn't make it any better. No. So put the hurt aside for a second. You can deal with that. You will deal with that. You have to deal with that. But in the moment, create a space that allows them to be open, honest, transparent, and you can kind of, you can go from there. Yeah, when we started to go off in this direction, I really thought of that episode as well, being able to, receive a message like that, like how hard it is for the person to come forward and tell you that, but how valuable it is for you to be in a place where you can receive that message. Because a lot of people won't do that. And like we, like I said, though, in the last episode, it's a difference between reacting and responding. Yeah. So don't react to their sudden honesty that was spurred on because they subscribed to the Rad Money podcast. Don't react to it. Respond to it. And you'll go a lot further. Okay. Now that you know what financial infidelity is, now that maybe you know that you're guilty of it, shame on you. <laughs> shame, shame, I know your name. Shame, 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 I know your name. No, we're all human. We're allowed to screw up, okay? It's okay if you screwed up. It's about being better and growing and moving on now. So let's talk about how to do that. How, how do you create a marriage that's free from financial infidelity? Well... The key here is the opposite of hiding secrets. It's to create transparency in your relationship. That is the goal here. You know everything that's going on with the money, and so does your spouse. They know 
everything and you know everything. Yes, creating transparency, like complete and total transparency with your finances, y'all, it is the key to total freedom. Yep. It's the key to total freedom with your finances within your marriage. I'm just never going to stop saying that it's transparency because it creates trust and helps you to know exactly what's happening at any given time. It create it makes it's a it's a safety net. It's a million things. So just transparency all day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> Any Schmidt fans? I think we've now quoted New Girl twice in this episode. I think we have. And I'm here for <laughs> it. Okay, so to create transparency, we've already hit on one thing we told you guys earlier. Step one, budget together. Yes. Manage your money together. It's just crucial. When you do that, you're going to sit down and like just go through your ins and your outs. Where's the money going? What's needed for who and what and when and all of that. By doing that, you're going to create a lot of transparency. Right. By accounting for every dollar that you make and every dollar that you spend, there are no secrets. The numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. That's right. You're so right. Thank you. You you won't hear that often on this podcast. Shut up. <laughs> the next thing is to have joint accounts or at least have access to all of the accounts. Yeah. So, so those are obviously those are two different things. You have to find what really works for you. Again, we're also not suggesting this to people who are not in a committed, loving relationship. Now I sound like we're talking about sex. <laughs> but when it comes to joint accounts and things like that, the ink needs to be dry. You totally. need to be hitched. You need to be totally like, this is not for your bestie. This is not for your roommate. This is for your... I saw something the other day that talked about that. And I was like, you've got to be out of your gourd. Oh, really? I should have screenshotted that and ranted about it on the internet. I don't know. But yes. This, okay, so joint bank accounts, though. I'm getting sidetracked. Joint bank accounts or access to those accounts. Again, we're creating transparency here, but again, it's about it can become about safety in the sense of, you know, obviously financial safety in, in the case of something happening to you. Right. Let's just go worst case scenario. I get hit by a car and I go into a coma and I have my own accounts and you have no access to it. That doesn't help you out in that particular moment. Yeah. It, it just creates chaos. Yeah. So um, we're big fans. We're not sponsored by it, but Keeper is a great way to uh, keep your... Well, we should do an episode on this, actually, about yeah, all the ways, a, the systems yeah. that you put, yeah. uh, the, the thing, all the things that you put into place. But Keeper is a great place to share securely all of your passwords and things like that i love keeper the plugin is fantastic for your chrome or whatever whatever browser, browser you're using, you use yeah. i absolutely love it because i have access to that at any point in time and so like for dylan's investment accounts that i it's not a joint roth ira that's not a thing but I can go access that account if i need to because i have access to keeper right and we've created so much transparency I'm not concerned about that. Yeah, exactly. But that's a really great way to build transparency. The third one, and now this one might be a little controversial to some people, but also some of you might need an accountability partner to actually get this done, is to check your credit reports together. This is really powerful because essentially when I pull my credit report, every single account that I've ever had and currently have is going to be on that report. So Dylan's going to be able to see every single account that I've ever had and currently have on that report. And so that gives him the ability to know that there aren't any secret accounts out there. There's no credit cards that, that, that I'm hiding. There's no student loan debt that I've swept under the rug. He gets to see exactly what I'm working with. 
I do want to say, do not use the credit report check as a gotcha moment. Oh, like, good Lord, no. Yeah, like you need to have the conversations. Y'all come clean before you sign up for this one. Do not use this as a gotcha moment because if you think that you're going to pull one on somebody, it will blow up in your face. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it won't yeah. go over well. So no. don't don't try to gotcha here. No, give them a chance. Gosh, don't sabotage people. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Now you're the bad guy. Exactly. Two wrongs don't make a right. They sure don't. They sure don't. <laughs> Sorry, feeling squirrely. Might delete later. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. It's, it's not a gotcha moment. You have to give people a chance. You need to like take some other steps first. But if you're at a point in your relationship where you're you're you know that things are are good and you just want to have that transparency, you want to build more trust. You you won't even realize it. You might not even realize it that that this has happened if you've ever checked your credit report with your spouse. But it does build trust because I absolutely know every single account that you've ever had or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know exactly. It exactly just gives me total confidence. And then, of course, obviously, you're checking to see if somebody you don't know on the other side of the country. Yeah, so it, it benefits account. you, you know, in a lot of ways by doing everybody. this. So. Also, link is in the show notes for that as well. You should not ever pay to check your credit report. So use annualcreditreports.com. It is a website that is mandated by the federal government to give you free credit report once a year from all the three main credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. All right. I'm just like full of commercials today. Yeah. Which we are not getting paid for any of them. No. We're just giving away stuff for free today because we want to help you. And so if you've done all of these things, the other thing that you're going to be doing during this time, which we talk about all the time is communicate. I love talking about talking. Yeah. Talk about talking. Yeah. You need to communicate with your spouse about money to the extent of over communicating. Do it to the point that she's annoyed with you. That's right. She says, shut up, Dylan. I don't care. As a man, if you get there, congratulations. Women always want to know what's on your brain. (laughs) They're always asking. It's true. It it should get to that point where eventually you aren't over communicating about it. But especially if you're married to someone who does struggle with like financial anxiety and things of that nature. Over communicating them with them about what's happening with the money is probably going to be really helpful for them. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just creating that trust. Right. Of like, hey, I'm doing what I said I was going to do. Hey, I'm sticking to the budget. Hey, let's make this decision together. So it's not just about the transactions that are happening, but it's also about the strategies or the things that you want to do. It all builds trust and it all builds transparency. Right. Exactly. So those are the four ways that you can create transparency in your marriage. To create a marriage that's free of financial infidelity. Yes. Just to recap those, you're going to budget together. You're going to have joint bank accounts or at least have shared access to those accounts. Yeah, we're not going to ask you to do something you're not comfortable with yet. But hopefully as you listen to us, you'll change your mind. Yeah. Three is to check your credit reports together. And four is just to communicate Mm -hmm. slash over communicate about money. Not too much, but more than you feel comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Get a little uncomfortable with it. Because the thing is, is when it comes down to this, if you or your spouse are guilty of financial infidelity, I know it might feel like everything's crumbling or like there's just a lot of hurt and it's just this giant problem. But really, I want to challenge you to look at it another way. I want to challenge you to look at this as an opportunity. And I know that sounds crazy to think that somebody lied to me or somebody lied by omission or just straight up lied to my face. Mm -hmm. How could that be an opportunity? It's an opportunity because you now have the chance to actually connect. You have a chance to change trajectories 
Yeah. You have an opportunity to overcome something as a couple that honestly, yeah, a lot of people might not be able to do. So it's not going to be easy. But that is also an opportunity because when you do something really hard with your partner and you can overcome it, once you get on top of that mountain, you're like, what else can we do? Yeah. It can make your relationship stronger. It can kill your relationship if you let it. If that's the choice you, if that's the option you want to choose, okay, go for it. I mean, no skin off my teeth. But I absolutely challenge you to view it as an opportunity because it can actually be what makes your marriage stronger and what fortifies you as a unit together and brings you together. And it can be the thing that puts you on a, like I said, a completely new trajectory towards a marriage that is abundant, a marriage that is strong, and a marriage that has so much trust in it now right? that you can absolutely heal from. You can heal from the mistrust. Nobody's perfect. People are going to screw up. If you expect your spouse to be perfect, I got a real awakening for you, baby. Here we go. I mean, they just, uh, they aren't. And neither are you. Yeah. And so get rid of your ridiculous expectations. Accept the fact that they're human. They screwed up. Okay, great. Now let them grow. Right. They're coming to you and they're admitting and they want to change their ways. That, those are characteristics of somebody I'd want to be around. Opposed to someone who continues to lie, hide, blame, doing all the things that aren't right. You got to pull back. And, and the one thing that really stood out to me was when you were talking about a new trajectory. So think about it this way is that if you were in a relationship and prior there were some negative things going on and now you've eliminated the negative things and you're working together to have a happier, healthier relationship. Yes, there's some negative stuff in the past but you get to then replace all your time in the future with more positive things. And so your relationship would be overall better. It's an opportunity for an upgrade. Yeah. It is an opportunity for the upgrade. And what you need to do is you need to get over the fact that they lied. You need to get over the fact that they screwed up. You married a human. They're gonna screw up. It's inevitable. One of the first things that we do as children is lie. It is in our nature to lie. Don't be surprised by that. Honestly, it doesn't mean you're not hurt. But should you really be all that surprised? And I'm not trying to be a skeptic either. I'm just saying we're human. So get over the fact that somebody screwed up. Get over the fact that you screwed up, if it's you. And be better. Yeah. Look towards how it can make you better. Look towards how what you're saying, it can put you in the position where it'll be a bit of a J-curve. <laughs> right, things get <laughs> better. Know? Yeah, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But it can get better. And so I think that people will view this as something that it could be just the end of the relationship or it's just this big problem that, you know, they can't actually heal from, they can't overcome. That's a lie. You absolutely can overcome these things in your marriage. It's just a matter of being told and shown how and focusing on the right things. And so if this spoke to you at all today, really want to encourage you to please share this episode with your spouse. Maybe provide some context. Yeah, that, that would be good. <laughs> Don't scare them. But if they spoke to you, share this with your spouse with some context, of course, and just discuss. Really encourage you to just discuss it or don't share it and just start to try to implement what we're teaching you to build that transparency and start to build up the courage to be brave. That's great. And I think that's a great place to end it. I think we continue talking about this for hours, honestly. But this is a great place to end the conversation today. So we really appreciate y'all being here. Remember that the first way to create transparency in the relationship is to budget together. And you can get our cash flow freedom framework 
course for free if you sign up for our newsletter. The link is in the show notes. So don't miss out on that. We want to help you. We want to help improve your relationship with your spouse. We want to help you improve your relationship with money. So don't miss out on this opportunity. And until next time, I'm Dylan. And I'm Rebecca. And, and we're, we're Rad, Rad Coaches. Coaches.